Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about schools and finding a good school fit for highly sensitive children. Before I jump in, I just wanted to share that I'm recording today's podcast from a beautiful hotel room. I'm actually attending a three-day conference right now put out by the Newfeld Institute on emotional health and well-being and children. And I am super inspired and learning so much and gaining a lot of new insights and really kind of just reestablishing and refreshing insights that I've already been exposed to, but just kind of putting some new language and the newest research into that information um, that I'm already familiar with so that I could bring it to all of you and provide new and insightful and interesting content that hopefully you will find really helpful for yourselves and your parenting with your um, various children that you have at home. But this particular topic today of educational environments and good school fit for highly sensitive children is a topic that's very, very near and dear to my heart. You will notice, of course, that I do a lot of content focused on parenting and making sense of highly sensitive children. It has become my kind of more clearly defined niche or niche as far, depending upon how you pronounce that, in my parent coach practice, in my work, in my content. And I have a lot of really great new programs that I'm going to be putting together and putting out to all of you very soon really focused on parenting in general and could be applied to parenting any type of child from any type of temperament, but really honing in on specific needs of parents of highly sensitive children. So with that in mind, I thought it would be really wonderful to focus on this topic and some of the nitty gritty topics having to do with highly sensitive children, starting with today's topic, which is school fit and educational environments and considerations for parents of highly sensitive children. So in general, typical traditional school environments can often be really, really overwhelming and often wounding environments for highly sensitive children. A lot of alarm gets triggered for children who are highly sensitive in school environments. So it's really important to understand that so that if you are a parent to a highly sensitive child, you can be really looking at the schools that you have your children currently attending or maybe considering for your child 
regardless of their age, and looking through this lens of what are the unique needs for a highly sensitive child and what might be the best learning environment for my child if they are highly sensitive at any degree. Before I dig in and dive in too deep, I'm just going to quickly refresh my explanation of what a highly sensitive child is or looks like. I went into this at a lot more depth on episode 23 of my podcast called Parenting the Highly Sensitive Orchid Child. And I encourage you to listen to that episode if this is not super familiar information or you've not listened to it yet, or you haven't listened to it in quite some time and could use a refresher. But at the more basic level, what a highly sensitive children looks like or sounds like or what you could observe in your child, if you're trying to determine if your child is highly sensitive or you just don't know what it is. Maybe your child is not, but you're just curious about what this is. So a highly sensitive child as a baby is a baby that oftentimes is highly alert, can be more fussy or difficult to settle than your typical baby. Oftentimes not a great sleeper as an infant or toddler, or even moving forward into their childhood and adolescence or adult life as a highly sensitive person, these highly sensitive children become very distressed by sensitive or sensory input. Things like tags in their clothing, uh, waistbands in their clothes, certain smells or tastes, sounds. They oftentimes can be very bright, verbal, observant, creative, oftentimes are um, found to be gifted in terms of their cognitive ability. These children have oftentimes emotional sensitivity. They have big reactions to their emotions and feelings, big joy, and also big frustration. They tend to be pretty intense and spirited. Um, they often struggle with transitions, transitions going to bed, transitions getting up in the morning, transitions leaving the house, transitions to and from school. They can be very highly impacted by the emotions of others. They pick up on the emotions of others and they really take them on as their own sometimes or they react to them because they perceive them very, very intensely. Highly sensitive children are also more prone to high alarm or anxiety. And there's, it's important to understand that there's a wide spectrum of sensitivity not all highly sensitive children meet the description of all of these. Um, some children are highly sensitive and they're highly sensitive in terms of their sensory input and also emotionally sensitive. So there's a wide spectrum from having some high sensitivity in certain areas to children who are incredibly highly sensitive, even to the degree of being on the autism spectrum. So it's important to know that this is a wide range of sensitivities that we're describing. Highly sensitive people are about 15 to 20% of the population. And it oftentimes can just be a difference in temperament. And so it's just important to recognize that. So it's important to know what the special considerations are that you need to keep in mind when selecting the best school or learning environment for your highly sensitive child. And there's really four things that you need to be taking into account or four main things I should say. The first is timing. 
when your child is being ready for school and what type of school. Uh, the second is teachers and the type of teachers and teaching approach. The third is the classroom and school environment. And the fourth is the educational style or approach to learning. So those are kind of the four things that I'm going to tease out a bit more now to talk about what I mean when I talk about the special considerations to keep in mind. So the first, as I mentioned, was timing. Knowing that for highly sensitive children, timing is important because knowing that they can be easily overwhelmed by certain learning environments, they can also be exposed to certain learning environments too soon or at an age where it could be really, really difficult for a highly sensitive child to be successful and feel secure and able to learn and grow and play and all the important things that need to happen for a child when they're in a learning school type environment. So with that in mind, it's not uncommon that a highly sensitive child is not a good fit for full-time daycare or preschool even at a young age. I'm not saying that those cannot be very good, but when you are looking at preschools and daycares, you need to be thinking about the other pieces I'll be talking about, the teachers, the classroom, school environment, educational style and approach. When thinking about your young child, but if there is flexibility or a parent is able to stay home with young children, or there's an option for something like a very small home-based daycare or nanny or au pair or nanny share type situation, that could be a really good fit for a highly sensitive child where the parent is not available to provide care or be with their child when they're very young. So timing. If your child is highly sensitive and you've always planned on signing them up for your local preschool at the age of three or four, that may not be in the cards for your child. That may not be the best tip for them. They do not need to go to preschool. Frankly, no child needs to go to preschool or daycare. It's not something that is required for a young child to really grow and develop and succeed and reach their potential and be ready even for kindergarten or primary school when they attend. But for a highly sensitive child, it is something that might be really, really detrimental to their growth and development because of their high sensitivities and how they are so impacted by their environments. And um, so timing. And the other piece, especially when you're thinking about more full-time school, when a child is maybe going to be entering kindergarten or first grade, whenever your school system requires compulsory education, it's best to think about it in terms of when your child has really gone to the stage where they have pretty consistent access to their ability to regulate their emotions. I've talked about this on my podcast in terms of when they've reached the ability to integrate or mix their feelings, to hold conflicting feelings simultaneously. Now for your typically developing child, this happens somewhere in the neighborhood of age five to seven. For your highly sensitive child, it occurs closer to the ages of seven to nine. So when you're thinking about a child and when they are gonna be ready to manage all the things that come with attending school full-time, your typical school day, which runs, I mean, on average from maybe um, eight to three o'clock in the afternoon, that full school day, 
age of seven to nine. Well, that may not be possible for you. And so there's other things that I'll be sharing with you to take into consideration. Some schools, some school districts offer part-time or half-time school at those youngest age levels. Um, like kindergarten, they'll give you the option of full day or half day. If that is a possibility for you and it's something you can afford to do, that could be a good fit if you have a highly sensitive child and just having a shorter school day or maybe delaying. Oftentimes, parents of highly sensitive children, when they're thinking about school readiness, oftentimes they choose to delay starting school or attending school in a traditional classroom setting until their child is a little bit more further along in terms of their emotional development. Again, when I initially described highly sensitive children and common attributes, one of them is giftedness and being very bright. So it's not about a matter of academic readiness. Oftentimes, highly sensitive children academically can be ahead of their peers. What I'm talking about is that kind of emotional maturity, that emotional growth and maturity required to be able to be away from primary caregivers and function to the best of their ability and reach and be able to utilize that cognitive ability, which oftentimes can be very gifted or bright and creative in a school setting. So keeping that in mind when thinking about your highly sensitive child, for me personally, when it came to timing, my third born child, who is definitely highly sensitive and also very bright, I did elect to wait and hold her back and started her. She also had a summer birthday, so it could kind of go either way, but she was able to, based on her age, attend kindergarten a year before I actually sent her to kindergarten. I entered her into a pre-K preschool program when she was kindergarten age, and that was half day, and that was more than enough for her. In fact, that was really challenging, but we made it work. And then she started kindergarten when she was six years old, which is a year older than some of her peers. Um, it's become more and more common to wait that extra year based on age and, and maturity. And I just elected to do that based on knowing her needs. Now, yes, she's bright. And in terms of her cognitive ability, she's a couple of years ahead in some subject areas. And the school's been able to be flexible and work and meet her needs from an academic perspective. That would be the case whether she was a year ahead or um, in the grade that she currently is right now. However, I firmly believe, and it's been my experience, and there's a lot of research to support this, that if a child is in the right environment based on their emotional maturity, then the educational piece will be much more able to be solved. You can add extra challenge. You can kind of meet the needs of a child who might be reading or writing or doing the math ahead of the peers. And eventually that all kind of works itself out to a various degree. The first few years, it can be a little bumpy when you have kids who are reading chapter books alongside children who are still identifying letters. But teachers are incredible and able to be flexible and kind of meet the needs of kids based on those varying degrees of abilities. And so don't let that be something that stops you from taking a look at your child who is highly sensitive and thinking about timing. It's not just about are they reading and writing and ready for the cognitive academic side. They need to be ready for that emotional, that social emotional piece that comes along with schooling. All right, the second consideration that I mentioned was the teachers, the teachers who will be teaching in the teaching style. So what is best for a highly sensitive child is a teacher who understands 
sensitivity and high sensitivity, a teacher who's well-versed in attachment theory and how to connect with children and developmental psychology and understanding growth and development of a child and how that can really vary. A teacher who's best for highly sensitive children is also one who does not raise their voice, um, does not yell or reprimand using an elevated yelling tone of voice. That does a teacher who does not discipline punitively, does not use shame or guilt or kind of public redirection or shaming of children, a teacher who does not express or make their frustration known to children. Again, remembering that highly sensitive children are very attuned to the emotions of others. So that can be highly alarming for them. All the things I just mentioned can be. And also a teacher who does not generalize discipline towards the whole class Sometimes a teacher will talk to the whole class in terms of you're being too loud or um, you're not uh, getting um, packing up your materials fast enough, kind of generalizing a problem that maybe truly is not every single child. Maybe it's the majority, but nevertheless, a teacher who uses this approach and has highly sensitive children in their classroom, knowing that the highly sensitive child takes those words, even if they're not true, very, very, um, that causes a lot of alarm that they internalize that. So even if they're not the one who is being loud, even if they're not the one that is slow to pack up their materials, they nevertheless will hear those words and they'll be very wounding and very alarming for them. They don't differentiate being like, oh yeah, I was doing the right thing. I'm okay here. That wasn't really directed at me. No, a highly sensitive child takes that on even if they are not responsible for those behaviors the teacher is trying to address. So more on the teacher's a teacher who's best for highly sensitive children is one who focuses on connection and relationship first and academics second. That's the priority. A teacher who can be flexible with their expectations when needed based on the needs of a highly sensitive child. A teacher who's best for a highly sensitive child is one who is structured, routine, predictable, and cue students before transitions occur. A teacher who sees their students as individuals and knows how to bring out their best and address and meet their individual needs. And also a teacher who embraces a true partnership between the parent and themselves, who really sees himself as part of that team of meeting the needs of their students. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. The third consideration when thinking about best environment for your highly sensitive child is the school and classroom environment. So highly sensitive children do best with smaller class sizes. They do best in an environment that has more natural light, um, that does not have overly stimulating or a lot of decorations, or perhaps a disorganized classroom where there's a lot of clutter, a lot of stuff on the walls, a lot of things that can kind of just be sensory overload environment where students wear uniforms that sometimes surprises people but uniforms again that's just another way to cut down on the distractions and a lot of stimulation however i'll kind of slide in here that uniforms if they're not comfortable that could be a stressor for a highly sensitive child and i've actually known 
and worked with parents who have highly sensitive children who go to a school that has a uniform that finds the uniform incredibly uncomfortable. So I kind of help them um, advocate for the child to find things that will work and still um, fit in with the uniform code, but maybe a little bit of a uh, accommodation for that child, a different style of shirt, perhaps maybe a little bit of a looser um, uniform or one that has, um, they can kind of create some accommodations for their child to make them more comfortable for them. Going on again with a school classroom and school environments that are um, best for highly sensitive children. The more things to share are classrooms that have preferential seating for highly sensitive children that can be away from maybe noisier kids or sensory seeking kids who kind of wiggle a lot or tend to talk more or are cause for more distraction. Oftentimes, highly sensitive children do best on the kind of outside areas of the classroom or towards the front where they're not in the midst of a lot of kind of input, sensory input from their peers, or they can be closer to where the teacher is so they could be focusing and honing in on where the teacher is delivering lessons. A classroom environment, another um, Thing that works really well is one that gives access to or provides access to a quieter space or areas where there are sensory activities that children can kind of go to if they need that stimulation or that kind of things that can be really comforting to children who are highly sensitive, things that encourage rhythm and uh, rocking and or quiet areas they could put on um, sound counseling headphones and kind of reset um, if they're being a little bit overwhelmed by the environment. Um, again, routine structure organization. It's also really important in the classroom environment for highly sensitive children. Classroom environments that are low on stress and low on kind of rushing and a lot of time sensitive things that need to happen where lots of things are timed and um, children feel kind of stressed out by that highly sensitive children can. Another thing that's really helpful for highly sensitive children in terms of their learning in school environment are classroom pets and the ability to interact with pets and animals, um, particularly if they get to take care of them and interact with them. That can be really wonderful for highly sensitive children. And another thing is a school or classroom environment that has shorter than typical days or flexibility in the school schedule where a child who is highly sensitive might do better on a reduced number of hours in that school setting or provides a half day option for their students. And then the fourth um, consideration to keep in mind that I mentioned was the learning style or learning approach or educational approach. And um, one that works really well for highly sensitive children is one that is interest led or emergent where there's high interest involved. There's one style of education that's really, really popular, especially in early learning environments. It's called Reggio Emilia, which is really about children following their own interests and those interests as they emerge, they are supported by teachers and the teachers can help them deepen their understanding and further their interest in those areas. Other school approaches are to, that really, really work well for highly sensitive children are ones that really provide and value creative outlets, dance, drama, art, music. 
So highly sensitive children tend to be very creative and those outlets can be very, very helpful for highly sensitive children to move their emotions and also for them to have an opportunity to express creatively without so many kind of formulaic things that they have to follow. Um, if it's too much of a traditional approach to education, that may not work best for some highly sensitive children. On the flip side, I've already shared that routine and structure and organization is really helpful for highly sensitive children. So it's important to even, even in more emergent or um, interest-led or um, creative schools, that there still be that routine and that structure and that organization. Otherwise, all of that creativity and all of that flexibility can feel overwhelming. So it's still important to have that routine and structure within even a more creative or emergent or interest-led style of education. Other learning approaches that work really well for highly sensitive children are homeschool or cooperative style schools. So first, the homeschool approach, children who are highly sensitive sometimes are not successful in a traditional classroom and homeschooling is the best place for them because all of those things that can cause so much overwhelm and alarm for them can be removed when they're in their home environment. And then the parents can kind of tailor the learning to that child's unique needs and really bring out their best so that they feel the most engaged in their learning and most successful. Similarly, cooperative style schools. So these are schools and they exist from very young preschools all the way up into elementary and even high schools. Um, less common in the high school, but they do still exist. So these would be schools where the parents are incorporated into the school environment. They volunteer, they sometimes teach or are teacher assistants. So they are able to be another area of support to their child because they are in the classroom school environment more frequently. And that can be really helpful for highly sensitive children. And then there's some kind of hybrid style of school that's somewhere between a homeschool and somewhere between a co-op style where it is um, kind of uh, community-led homeschool groups where there may be just a few opportunities every week or every month to meet together in community with other homeschoolers or other families that participate in this style of education. So they're having that opportunity to interact with children in kind of a group setting. However, it's smaller and it's very familiar and there can be that sense of community and connection, which is so essential for highly sensitive children. Okay, so now that I've talked about these four things to keep in mind and when you think about your highly sensitive child, their needs within those four areas of consideration, I now want to kind of move into signs that things are going well. Well, perhaps your child is highly sensitive, but in a more traditional environment, and they're doing great. Wonderful. Don't mess with success, right? And you'll know what that looks like because you're already there. What it looks like, signs that things are going well, is a child, your child, who's very attached, securely attached to their teacher. They are comfortable taking their cues from, being learning from, orienting to, and ultimately, ideally, giving their hearts to their teachers. They are very connected to their teacher and that teacher can regulate maybe some of the sensory overwhelmed and that emotional um, overwhelm that highly sensitive children can, can experience just based on having that strong connection 
So if your child is highly attached or connected to their teacher, wonderful. That is a great way to know that this might be the perfect learning environment for your highly sensitive child. Now, of course, that changes from year to year, except for some really unique exceptions. The child is going to have different teachers every year. So while one year things may be going great, the next year they may not. But this is what you should be looking at. Gosh, why did it work great for my child who's highly sensitive last year at the exact same school, but now this year it's not working out so well? Well, it may have to do with the teacher and their approach and your child's difficulty forming an attachment with that teacher. So that may be an area that you could kind of help support and improve or maybe make a choice to decide that that school or that teacher is not best fit in that particular year based on that teacher. Or maybe you just find ways to compensate for how that year is not working best for your child and then hope that next year they have a better fit in terms of that connection with their teacher. Another sign that things are going well is that your child still has access to their feelings or they're able to get them back after school. Knowing that schools can be very, very alarming and oftentimes wounding, particularly to a highly sensitive child, they have to kind of find a way to navigate and get through the day. And so to do this, to achieve this, they oftentimes have to find ways to kind of protect themselves. And the brain does this. This is not something they really cognitively choose to do, but the brain finds ways to kind of defend from feeling those feelings and kind of pack them away and stick them away. Now, all children do this. All humans do this to a certain extent. And that in and of itself is not problematic. When it becomes a problem, if those feelings cannot be accessed eventually, and I'll get to that in a minute, a little bit more. But if your child has access to their feeling or they come home at the end of the day and they tell you about something that happened and they find their tears or able to express you what goes on and you can support them, that actually is a sign that things are going well. If your child still can access their feelings at school or after school, they can kind of let things out, find their tears, and then you know move on and grow in their resilience and their ability to go back. So if your child has access to their feelings, that's a sign things are going well. Um, now, in the cases of homeschooling, if you already do homeschool or if you've chosen to homeschool because traditional school setting was not working out for your highly sensitive child, signs that the homeschooling is going well, well, if your child can accept you, the parent, as teacher, if they will learn from you, if they will engage in educational activities with you in the role of teacher as well as parent. Or similarly, if your child is maybe independent enough, maybe they're a little bit older and they're independent enough where they don't need as much teaching from the parent, maybe they're participating in online school at home, or perhaps they're working um, some type of an alternative learning program that is delivered virtually. And the parent really only needs to serve as a consultant or help with schedules or gathering supplies and doesn't have to actually do a lot of the teaching. Um, those, if that is working for your child and you know it is working for your child, they're learning and they're th thriving and growing and happy in that environment, that's a sign that it's working for you. So on the flip side, what are signs that things are not going well for your highly sensitive child in school? And there's a cause for concern. Well, the real obvious one is repeated school refusal. 
a child who just does not want to go to school day after day after day. It's a struggle every day to get your child to go to school. They never want to go. Um, another sign things are cause for concern is that your child is having a lot of behavioral problems at school. A lot of these defenses from feelings of overwhelm or wounding oftentimes look like behavior problems. So if your child is getting into trouble at school and after kind of more digging and exploration with the teacher or getting the feedback, you determine that, no, these are actually really defensive. So my child is really alarmed or very uncomfortable or this teaching style or approach or school environment or classroom environment is really, really overwhelming to my highly sensitive child that might look like behavior problems. That's a cause for concern. Doesn't mean your child is a behavior problem. These behavior problems are communication that this isn't working for your child and you need to figure out a way through. Um, another sign things are not working, chronic after-school meltdowns. Some after-school meltdowns is to be expected and considered normal, particularly if you have a highly sensitive child. And if you have a highly sensitive child, I would say you'd have more of these than not. But the key is, can your child find their tears? Can they get to those more sensitive, vulnerable feelings that maybe they had to kind of protect themselves from during the school day? If that happens, I would still say it might be working for your child. However, if they have these meltdowns and they never find their tears, they're just tantrums and aggression and frustration day after day after day, and you're not getting to the root and you're not getting to being able to help your child access those underlying feelings, that's cause for concern. Another cause for concern is a teacher who does not have your child's heart, a teacher who maybe approaches educating from a different philosophy or does not approach teaching from a connection or developmental approach meaning that they're real focused maybe perhaps on um, the academic side of teaching or on kind of rules and regulation and having a more kind of strict and stern approach to educating that is not working for your child. And so your child doesn't feel a connection with the teacher and therefore has difficulty connecting and learning from and feeling safe in the care of their teacher. That's the key. If your child doesn't feel safe in a learning environment, they're not going to be able to be successful there. Another cause for concern is a teacher or administration that is not supportive or of meeting the needs of a highly sensitive child. So if you're kind of aware of what's going on and you meet with the teachers or you meet with administration, you share your, your perspective and share what you know will be helpful for your child and they are not willing to partner with you, that's a cause for concern. That's a place to take a step and reevaluate if this is best fit for your child. And in the cases of um, homeschooling, uh, signs that things aren't working well, if your child cannot accept you as teacher, if it becomes just a big nightmare, your child will not engage with you in learning activities. They just reject you in the role of teacher. That is obviously a cause for concern and indication that homeschooling is not best fit for you and your child. And the reality here is homeschooling does not work for all families even with the best of intentions, even for um, families who have chosen um, 
intentionally chosen homeschooling only to find that it doesn't work. And they're feeling like, oh my gosh, I failed my child. I'm a terrible homeschooling parent. No, it may just be that it does not work for your highly sensitive child. And this was the case, you know, because of the pandemic and because of remote learning, um, I found myself in the role of, you know, being in charge of my kids learning at home. My current eight-year-old, um, who is highly sensitive, initially, the approach we were given from our school is that we were given assignments from the school and then we were to help our child execute them. And that worked okay at first when it was kind of novel, but when the novelty wore off real quick, and I was trying to kind of be this um, substitute teacher to um, my child's teacher and fill in this role. Um, it was not working. So we had to kind of like weed through what would work and not work for my child. And then after the summer, when we returned to learning, the approach was a bit more um, of the remote learning that most of us have come to um, experience where the teacher was doing most of the direct instruction and we are there more, more to support. However, it wasn't working for my child also because she didn't have a relationship or connection with her new teacher the way she did with her former teacher at the end of last school year. So as I was evaluating what would work best for my child, I determined that what would be best was to kind of take on the full role of being the um, teacher to my child. Well, guess what? That didn't work real well either because my child did not respond well to me as teacher. She even clearly said, you're supposed to be mom. You're not supposed to be teacher. Now, what I realized was that in my own frustration, in my own alarm, I was not approaching teaching in a way that would be very fun or engaging for any child, <laughs> definitely not a highly sensitive child. So what I had to do is really take a look at my what I was prioritizing. And I went back to prioritizing relationship. We rethought school. We found some things that interested her that were engaging for her so we could kind of continue with her learning. And I was very fortunate that her school um, opened up in-person learning a few months into this current school year. And she does great. Why? because she's an in-school environment that meets her needs as a highly sensitive child. She has teachers who are able to be sensitive to her needs, who very much partner with me in terms of um, letting them know her needs on a day-to-day -day basis. They focus on connecting with my child. They're flexible. They provide structure and routine and predictability so that she feels comfortable in that environment. Her school has school uniforms. That works for her. She has a reduced class size naturally because of the pandemic. They've had to break up into smaller classes. So that's even working for her this year. Um, the school, everything is more spaced out. So there is less sensory input than there typically would be. That's one of those little added benefits to this social distanced type classroom. And the school has taken on a philosophy of really prioritizing emotional health and well-being above academic benchmarks. This year, especially, that's working out really well for my highly sensitive child. So yes, going to school for highly sensitive children can work in certain circumstances with certain children and with all of those considerations taken into um, being taken into consideration. But it may not for every child. 
So if you have a highly sensitive child and you're not in school yet, or you're choosing a school for your child, and you're feeling like certain environments may not be a good fit for your child, or perhaps you're already in school and you're taking a look at things and you're thinking, you know, I'm not sure that this school environment's working for my child. Well, you might be right. You might need to realize and accept that you have to perhaps go down a different path one that maybe you hadn't anticipated, or maybe you need to change direction or shift and try a different approach for your child if you're identifying that their current learning environment is not working. And that might mean you might need to wait to start them in school. You may need to change the school that you had thought you'd sent, you were gonna send your child to. You may need to consider homeschooling or a co-op style school. All those things are things that you need to be taking into consideration with your highly sensitive child. But here's the thing I want to ask you is to not get overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, I, I did not anticipate that I was going to need to wait an extra year, or I only had ever considered sending my child to the local public school. I can't afford to send my child to a private school. Here's the thing. There may be a solution. There may be ways in which you can provide a different environment or school or time schedule for your highly sensitive child. Do not become overwhelmed or paralyzed by things you don't know the answer to. Also, and in addition to that, sometimes parents feel like, well, you know what, if I pull my child out of school and homeschool them for this year, which I think would be the best for my child, given their sensitivity, they'll never return to school. My child will never go to a traditional school again. That is not necessarily true. And it likely is not true. I wanna encourage you to meet the needs of your child where they are right now and not worry so much about a year, two years, three years, five years, eight years down the road from now, because there's no point to that. You can make all the plans you want. As we all know, life will show you, you know, a different plan, whether you like it or not. Something else is gonna be put in front of you you did not plan for or anticipate. Same for your children. So don't do that when you're considering educational environments that are best fit for your highly sensitive child. Do what you know your child needs right now and then work from there. This is not forever. And you might make a choice that seems really scary, terrifying right now that may end up being the best thing ever and all those fears you had that you'd imagined are not going to come true. And all these wonderful things will occur instead. So take it one day at a time and know that what you need right now is to take a look at your child and provide what you know they need. You need to see and make sense of your child right now so that you can make sense of what they might need as far as the best learning in school environment as a highly sensitive child I hope you've learned something today or taken something away, giving you some food for thought. Um, I've included in my show notes a great article um, that I also took a look at and gained some insight from when preparing for this episode. And the link to that is in the show notes, as well as a link to the podcast episode that I mentioned where I talk at more depth about a highly sensitive orchid child and how to parent that highly sensitive orchid child. I hope you'll join me again next time on the 3D Parent Podcast. Take care. 
Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.